Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode 23 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. This episode is so special because it dates back to October 20th, 2022, which was the birth of Forged in Ohio. That was the day I released the first ever episode of the podcast with Miles Hershey Robinson. As many of you likely know, Miles fought on March 18th, where he knocked out Tom Kaiser in 37 seconds into the fight. Now I'm thankful to be joined by Miles Robinson again to talk about all that and more. Thanks for coming on and welcome to Forged in Ohio for the second time, Miles. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you having me back. I'm glad to be having this conversation after a victory, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's been a long road for really both of us. I mean, Forge in Ohio, we're now at episode 23. And for you, now as a 3-0 and professional MMA fighter, how good does it feel and how good does that sound? It sounds amazing. It's, um, I'm glad I was able to get the job done. I don't like to put a lot of pressure like on in myself mentally. I like to tell myself that it's just another day, another fight. But at the end of the day, this is what I want to do for a career. So as long as I keep on putting these these wins together, I'm, I'm taking steps closer to my goal. So hearing that just means I'm one, one step closer to where I want to be. And everything so far is moving in the right direction. Yeah, and what a win it was. We're primarily going to talk about that here on the podcast. If you want to hear more about his story and everything like that, go check out episode one of Forge in Ohio. Going into that fight, though, you were very respectful of Tom Kaiser's game. I talked to you in person about the fight and posted a video on Instagram about the challenge at the time. The day of the fight, though, did you have a feeling that this contest wouldn't last very long? I'm going to be honest. Um, no, I did not think it was going <laughs> to last very long. See, I'd like to – I prepare for everyone to be Superman. And that's how, in order for me to get up, no matter what I feel about the skill set going going into everything, I have to convince myself that there is a sense of danger. I always try to be respectful because everything, anything can happen, and I, I appreciate anybody that's willing to get in there with me. But if I'm being honest, I felt like there were two different animals getting into that cage. After weigh-ins, it was solidified in, in my head that I didn't really feel like we kind of belonged in, in the cage with each other. And it was just a matter of me showing that. Again, I appreciated uh, him getting in there. I also saw some stuff, which I found some, some stuff after the fact. I feel like he kind of took me, took me kind of light. I watched the interview that he had where he said that um, he was going to in my career and everything now everything is in retrospect because he like me and him already fought so getting too riled up and too upset about what some stuff was said beforehand after the result is what it is but it kind of just shows like the the different mindsets going in i'm i try and be as professional as i can and if we're both professionals i feel like we should both respect each other's skill sets but and i mean we did the interview together you heard, heard how i spoke about him i felt like there was some kind of way that there there could be that he could pull this out. He likes standing up and everything like that. He was a good wrestler. But at the end of the day, if I am who I think I am, the results are going to be what the results are. And that's all I have to do. I have to, if I go in there, prepare how I prepare, 37 seconds is what it's going to be, especially if you're taking me lightly and you feel like 
I don't really have anything for you and you're going to end my career. That's that's not going to not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you were very respectful of his game going into it and for him to kind of talk trash going into the fight and now after the fight just being 37 seconds. Do you feel any way towards Kaiser now? No, um I see if I would have seen it beforehand, I right. would have felt a way. Seeing it after the fact is kind of just funny, especially after how how the fight went. It's funny that the fight went that way because you have to like everybody has to have that if you're doing this and you don't feel like you're the man or whatever you're in the wrong sport like confidence is damn near half half the battle is being confident enough to go in there but at the same time you have to be realistic about a the skill set of the people that you're going up against what like just another grown man preparing to hurt you in front of your friends and family at the end of the day so no no matter what you feel about that you got to be realistic about what your skills are. I felt with being realistic about my skills and being realistic about what he could bring to the table, I felt like I, there was no reason for me to badmouth him in any way, shape, or form. Being having seen his fights, that was a that was a good opponent. Now, uh, no, I mean I won. I, I knocked him out in 37 seconds. There's nothing really to, to really feel feel any kind of way about it. He's got to watch me post all the the funny goofy memes for the next couple minutes i think he unfollowed me so like that's the victory in itself i knocked you out and i got to post a funny funny video about it so everything else is good i wish him the best hopefully me and him can train or something i have uh, some teammates that uh frequent some gyms that he goes to so hopefully there's no hard feelings and we can we can get some work and hopefully get him better or get get some get some work in together yeah, you let your skills before the fight talk for themselves, and now you're letting the fight and the result of the fight talk for itself now. You knew the fight wasn't going to last long. Did you foresee a 37-second finish, though? In no way, shape, or form <laughs> did I feel like 37 seconds. So, so in the back leading up into the fight, uh, AJ was with me, uh, AJ Dobson. He's with me for damn near every one of my fights. In the back, he was saying, hey, when you get out there, just relax and touch them. And within the first five seconds, I realized that there was a, like before I even threw a strike, if you watch the fight back, I level changed real quick, and I level changed and come back up, and he reacted with his, like he kind of like pawed at me, like as a reaction to the level change, and it was like a second behind. And I was like, wow, there's a huge speed difference. Cause I was just kind of feeling out where we were. And at that point, I remember, uh, AJ, his voice cut through like all of the madness and chaos that is happening in the fight. And AJ saw me see that and was like, all right, you saw it relax. I relaxed. And at that point it was just the punch I threw was literally me just trying to touch him as like, I just need to get my hand to you. And after I landed, I kind of pivoted out and there's a look of surprise on my face because I had no clue that I wobbled him. Like at that point, Alex and Chase, who uh, were in my corner from Strong Style, were yelling, "You, you hurt him!" And I had no clue. So never in a million years did I think 37 seconds was. I didn't think the first punch I threw was going to be be the one that touched him. Especially, I wasn't really. I never got to the point to where I was able to really sit down on anything at all. Like that was kind of just speed at, at that point yeah and it was that right hand that put him down 
I gotta ask, like, that realization at the beginning of the fight when you went for that level change and you noticed that speed advantage, that's insane to me. Have you noticed those things in previous fights before? Just that quick, instant realization that, hey, I'm I'm better than this guy. Yes. Now, there, it's a little bit different each time. Uh, my first pro fight, the first round, me and him, like, kind of grappled with each other a little bit. And I felt a different in, a difference in horsepower between us two. Now that guy was he was zero and three, and that was kind of just two different athletes going at each other. I was more athletic than him, but I realized that. And going into the second round, I felt like I could walk through whatever was coming my way, and that's kind of what I did. I kind of just planted my feet and threw and knocked him out. The second fight was when we got up to the feet. I landed a, a jab and wobbled him and it was just it wasn't like i like a power jab it was just a jab and i saw his legs give and i was like oh like i was just like if i try and get to you fast and you can't react to it like the reaction time on some of the on some of these guys obviously it's going to change when i get into these higher levels but from what i've experienced it's uh as soon as the, the speed starts going as soon as i realize where i can touch you from there's certain reactions that I'm expecting because I trained with like me and my wife after the fight. I trained with scary. I trained AJ is probably one of the scariest people I train with, and he's really fast. He's really long. So in order for me to to land on him and get better in practice, I have to figure this stuff out. I trained with Dylan, who you had on the podcast, uh, I believe a couple weeks ago. Dylan is Dylan's a, uh, a monster. All these guys, I trained, I trained with Matt Brown. Like, all these guys, Chase, all these guys up at Strong Style. When I go into these fights and I've been preparing for, preparing, preparing against these guys in practice where the I have to work for all this stuff. And then I get in, in there and you're not that. It just, it's like, oh, this is shocking. Like, I was shocked when... My level changed, and the reaction was what it was. Because I'm used to diff other. I'm used to, oh, this guy's really fast that I'm sparring. I, uh, preparing for this fight, I had a, I sparred against some boxers up in Cleveland. There's a guy, uh, Siobhan Stillwell. He just fought in West Virginia this past weekend. He's uh, was 180 and 20 as a uh, as an amateur boxer, and now he's 2 and 0 with two knockouts as a professional boxer. High level boxer. That's who I was sparring against preparing for this. He was a southpaw because uh, Kaiser was a southpaw. Now, I got fucked up every time I boxed this guy, getting ready for this fight, to the point where, at a certain point, I questioned whether I was good at boxing at all. So imagine going from seeing that to when you actually get in there and you're used to, all right, I have to be on my P's and Q's off rip with this guy I'm preparing for, and then you get in there with someone that, may not be taking you as seriously or just may even maybe they are taking you as seriously but their skills aren't that it's shocking and once that was in i was like oh all right i've been in here with way worse than this way then i I get to have fun now it's just like oh well all right well i don't want to play with my food in any way shape or form so let's go ahead and get out of there but if he happened to be tough and the first couple punches didn't land i was prepared to get deep into my bag and and show some skill off yeah, man, it's all about who you surround yourself with, and you've surrounded yourself with the best of the best in the state of Ohio. Talking about that boxer, though, how much did your striking improve in this camp? I I think my striking has improved 
boatload. Now, I don't feel like I was able to show off what I'm able to do in any way, shape, or form. I got, like, the one thing, the blessing in disguise in the in this fight that um, is the fact that I haven't had to show off uh, really what, what I can do on the feet. I feel like being able to see the different things that I had to improve on in order to compete with this guy, uh, with Siobhan, and just our sparring uh, raised my level. I feel like uh, my hand speed got better because in order to touch these high-level boxers, that's, they, they box every day, and they've been boxing for a real long time. I feel like I didn't really get to show off like the, the hand speed. Now, I hit them fast, but I feel like my hand speed compared to guys that are going to be on my level is going to be, be impressive especially when I keep on keep on doing this is like my first camp where I've had took a took a step and focused on my boxing and I'm just going to continue to get better the power is is what the power is like that's not something I really rely on I don't try and go out there and knock these guys out it's not like I'm trying to sit down on everything I throw and then just the the muscle memory of being able to throw multiple punches and be able to keep that kind of uh work rate up that boxers tend to do it's a different range and a different uh different style that they kind of carry but once you get used to that the the real asset that you get out of working with these these high level boxers is the sharpness that they put that you have to like being defensively sound i feel like i was able to show a little bit of that in the beginning uh when we were feeling each other out i feel like a lot of times you see a lot of jitteriness in a lot of guys but i feel like getting comfortable with being in the fire against this guy like this like siobhan's a killer like it's not a fun sparring session sparring this guy in any way shape or form but you get comfortable when at a certain point in the within the camp it went from like damn i gotta spar siobhan today to yeah we're about to go i'm about to get some good work today and once that uh kind of turned over and i started to get a little bit of that confidence it just carried over so now i feel like as long as we can keep keep at it he got a, he won his fight in 38 or 39 seconds by knockout <laughs> which is pretty cool that we kind of had, like, we prepared each other for the fight and kind of had similar finishes. It's awesome. Do you brag that you beat him by a second or two? I haven't seen him. I haven't been <laughs> up to Cleveland since the, since the fight. But, uh, no, I don't want to brag about anything because then I have to spar him, and then sure. that's not going to be, be fun. <laughs> so you mentioned how it wasn't fun sparring him, and then you kind of got comfortable with it. Did you get comfortable because you noticed improvement in your boxing and in your game, and when did that transition happen in the camp? I would say I sparred him, it was probably like the last month of camp is when we started getting into doing the boxing and everything. And I believe, I'm going to be honest, it was probably like the second or the second, second or second to last time I sparred him is when I finally felt a little bit of comfortability before beforehand. I'm used to sparring with a lot of cases. Again, this is the first time like I did pure boxing like sparring to prepare for, for, for something. I feel like that's where the game kind of, my game is going to develop in. But it was more so realizing that just smaller movements, different things, getting comfortable with overreacting to certain things that, that may happen. Just, yeah, just, it was actually just a matter of just getting used to it. It's like getting into a new sport. So like when if you're a, a striker and you're learning to wrestle a lot, wrestling seems like chaos if you've never wrestled before. But once you get, get used to it, you're like, oh, I understand. Like when you drill with a high level wrestler, right? 
I wrestled in high school, but I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was necessarily the, the best. I remember uh, there was a state champ that came out of my high school. His name, his name is Roy Daniels. And Roy used to cuss me out in practice because he said I didn't know how to drill. I felt like Roy's drilling felt like live wrestling. And the better I, when I find, I did, didn't click until I was an adult and I was, I started training MMA and doing that kind of wrestling was, I finally realized what he was saying. He was like, you don't know how to wrestle. And I was like, man, I, I know how to wrestle and all this stuff. I wrestled with a, a, another guy, one of my buddies, Jake Marsh, uh, wrestled at Princeton. I brought him in for a camp because I was trying to uh, really up my wrestling, right? And me and him were drilling, and it felt the exact same way. And I was like, bro, you're going live. And he was like, no, this is what high-level drilling is supposed to feel like. And the more I did that with him, the more comfortable I felt, right? Although this is boxing, sparring, and we are trying to hit each other, it was the same kind of thing. It was just getting used to what the movements you can't move the same in boxing the distance is a little bit different so where i was like panicking before because i'm like man the range is a little different this guy's right in front of me he's cutting these crazy angles he's throwing bombs at me where i'm panicking after like the third or fourth time it's like okay i've seen this now i can calm down get my nerves a little bit better let me uh make sure everything's tight because i know he's going to be able to throw and I need to look for this, 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 and this, because last time he had success with this. So let me try and diagnose this. Going into the practices with a certain thing that I'm trying to uh, to work on. All right, well, he's cornered me up against the ropes this time. Let me work on my movement this time and focus on that and get little uh, micro successes each time that we're doing it. So one round, okay, well, this round I, I did this well. So this next round, let's try and work on, work on getting the jab. That's why during the fight, when the fight started, I'm used to Siobhan's a little bit longer than me, a little bit taller. And off rip, every time we spar, it's a hard jab every single time. And that's how he finds the range, right? We got out there. I knew what range I needed to be at off rip. I'm like, oh, well, I can hit you from here, like off rip. Because I'm like, usually there's this jab, and I know what range I need to be at in order for me to touch. And usually there's a jab across that. He let me get to that point without anything coming my way. And now I'm like, well, I've already found the range. Let's let's go. Because that comfortability of seeing someone that is a high level at their individual sport and being able to apply that to the sport that I'm going to or I'm competing in. Right. And it's that quote, uncomfortability breeds growth. Right. And it sounds like you put yourself Correct. in uncomfortable positions throughout your career to bring growth to your game and all facets of your game. One thing you mentioned, though, about your boxing and how it's improved is because it only lasted 37 seconds that you weren't able to show off how much you improved. And this was something I was going to ask you because in that podcast I did with Dylan the Mindless Hulk Budka, who I know you're close with, one topic that came up was cage time and how Dylan needed the cage time to develop when he was knocking people out. With a 37-second knockout for you, has the idea of wishing that fight had gone any longer come across your mind yes and no yes because again cage time is is everything and getting comfortable in there but at at the same time i need to make it home to my family and my kids <laughs> as close to how i left the house as possible so uh my kids think i'm superman regardless of of the uh of the result but i like to be able to show my my daughter and my son a video of dad whooping ass <laughs> so like as selfish as it might be for me and for my career i i would much rather 
if if it continues that way, cage time is going to happen. I'm going to continue fighting and everything. So I'm not going to be upset with knocking everybody out if if that's what happens. I did have, I had nine fights as an amateur, and to me, a fight is a fight is a fight is a fight. So as long as I'm able to make it out without my health, that's all I care about. Now, if I I know I'm tough. So and I again, that's where surrounding yourself with killers is gonna is gonna bless you because the fact that i have the dylan's dylan comes in and whoops on me me and him coming and get get training and we go at it like he's got that's one of the strongest people i've ever met like I, and people are about to be in trouble because he's starting to lift weights now like <laughs> it's about to be be crazy if you thought dylan was strong now y'all should have got him before he touched a dumbbell like now he's doing push-ups and shit so it's gonna be crazy like i'm sure he's probably gonna get suspended for tossing somebody out the cage here in a little bit it's gonna be wild but training with him getting that that feel for for that and doing that like if i'm preparing properly you know what I'm saying? If I if it does come down to all right, Miles, you can't get this guy out of here, and you're this is the time you're gonna get case time. You don't want to get case time and get be getting whooped on. You know what I'm saying? So the best result is to all right, I have everything, all my bases covered. If the fight would have went three fives, I would have been breathing fine, and it would have been the same thing happening to him over that period of time. So if the guy goes to sleep, I'll take the guy going to sleep. And if he doesn't, it's upon me to make sure I'm prepared for that. Cage time aside, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just have to make sure that I'm doing the best best job for me to prepare for that. I don't even know if that really answered your question, but, but yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, you did. And you mentioned your kids. Have you shown them the video of you beating Kaiser? Yeah, my son uh, asks to watch it, like, every time he sees <laughs> My daughter, she gets a little nervous, like nervous about me fighting. So she she watched it, but she doesn't want to watch it again. Even though she she's just cool, glad that dad wins. She's eight, so she kind of understands it a little bit more. My son, he's three, and he thinks that he's been in the gym since he was like six months old. So like anything that's combat related, he thinks is the coolest thing. So he just wants to watch it so he can see see daddy win, and they they love it. But yeah, that's the the goal is to make it. Get in, take care of business, and make it home as as close to the same person as, as I left the house. I want them to be able to look at me and and see the same dad that left and what came back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, that's incredible. And it shows how great of a guy you are. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, you and your, your family was as soon as you got out of the cage after the win, you ran to find your wife and you gave her the biggest hug. What did that moment in particular mean to you with all those emotions after such a great win? Man, nothing, none of this is possible without her. So as much as like I love my teammates and my coaches and everything, this is something selfish that I do. Like, I got a pretty good life. Like, we, our bills are paid. We got a nice house. We got beautiful kids, everything like that. This is purely something. She's not making me do this. So the fact that she's willing to put up and allow, I say allow, but she she just, she does a lot of things. I'm out of town a couple times a week, every week, training and chasing this crazy-ass dream of mine, and she deals with, she sees the stuff that people don't see. People see the result, right? She was there. She helped me start my weight cut. She helps me with my with my meals. Eddie from Immortal Diet Optimization sends me all my stuff, and she 
half the time is the one that does all my meal preps for me. All the crazy mental stuff that I have to do, I have to turn into a different person. I'm a real happy-go-lucky type of guy, but in order for me to get to the point where I got to go hurt another dude, it's, it's some, some work, and a, a different person shows up closer, it gets to the fight, having to deal with those nerves. She doesn't. She tells me every day I'm the best in the world. No, I get emotionally even thinking about it. She's she's a, she's an angel, yo. So uh, after every fight, she gets all the love in the world because that's her win. Not not say, oh shit. See, <laughs> I'm a sap, yo. <laughs> but just as much of a, of a win it is for me, it's a win for her. And before I uh, take any gratitude for what my coach has done, I gotta let her know first that I love her and I, I do this do this for me. But it's by way of what she what she allows and what she what she does for me. She she saved my life so many times that she gets all the love and all the all the gratitude and she gets the world for allowing me to chase this crazy shit that I do. Absolutely, man. And we talked in the first time I had you on the podcast on the first episode about that support system that you have and how important it is to surround yourself with people like her that you have and how instrumental she is behind the scenes to what she does for your career. And it's great to hear. And now after a fight like this, do you take some time off and spend some more time with her and the family? I was back in the gym Tuesday, Tuesday morning. I was back at Westside. We got it. We got to get to it. So the plan was we were going to take a weekend and just hang out with me and her, go to like Chicago or something. But I didn't take any damage, man. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get back in the cage soon, maybe end of May, early June or something. We got to get, get to it. So we had, we had got back to the, to the room and this is bro. She's like, that's my homie. Yo, like we get back and I'm, I'm talking about going to, Oh, we could take this trip. And she looks me in my eyes. She's like, listen, get back to it. Get another fight. Instead of going on our trip to, to Chicago, I'm going to go out to, I'm going to go visit my management out in Vegas and train out at uh, Extreme Couture for a little bit. See what it looks like being in a gym with a, with a whole bunch of UFC fighters. See where, where I match up at. See what, what I need to work on. Get some different looks from different people. And we're going to get to it. We can take vacation later on in the year. But it's time to ride this momentum. Uh, it was a long time from my fight in July to this one. Had a couple fights fall out. Different things happen. Life happened. But it's, it's about time to make 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 it do what it do at, at a certain point. So we were going to do the whole kick back and chill thing. But wife said, let's go ahead and get this money. So we're going to get this money. Of course, plans change after a 37-second knockout like that. When is this yeah, uh, this planned schedule to go out to Las Vegas and train out Extreme Couture? I'm going to be out there from April 10th through the 15th. So I'm going to just spend a week, week out there, make some connections, do all that. Like Ohio's still going to be my, my home base, but my management's out there and he has some connections with some of the guys at the gym. So with the, having that resource, why wouldn't I? And just to get a different look, I see like a lot of the guys I've trained with, there's a couple of new faces but a lot of these guys, we've been training with each other for so long that we kind of have an idea of what what each other's games look like. So being able to go out there and having to be on my P's and Q's um, with some new guys and some high-level guys or higher level than what, what I've seen so far, at least in the cage, is going to be, I feel like, going to really be eye-opening. It's either I'm going to come back with some, like, damn, i got to clean up some stuff, or I'm gonna come back with uh, with some more confidence of where I am and where where I stand in, in this whole thing. 
talking to Miles Hershey Robinson on Forge in Ohio. I have to ask you this question because one thing you were adamant about after the fight was getting a cheeseburger. What's the story behind the cheeseburger, Miles? All right. So I'm a fat kid at heart. <laughs> okay. So when me and AJ used to uh, get ready, this is back in our amateur days, we used to go to uh, this place called Kinsale. It's a country club in the little town that we're from. And we would, uh, every morning, we'd get up, we'd uh, do sprints on the treadmill, do a little workout, hit pads, and then we'd go to the little country club, little uh, restaurant, right? And I couldn't help but get a, get a burger. Now, this is when I was an amateur, and I fought at like 205 and 185, so I didn't really get to get to have to cut weight or anything. So I would just run a couple times, and I'd make weight. Making 170... I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard for me, but it's not the the easiest thing that I've done. So at a certain point, cheeseburgers are not part of the mortal diet optimization process. You know what I'm saying? And that really pisses me off. <laughs> like, I go in there, like, I'm, I'm being so serious. Like, I have text messages. Dylan texted me right before the uh, the fight and told me, hey, this motherfucker kept you from eating a cheeseburger. And that's all I needed to hear. Like, I forgot. Like, yeah, I didn't get to eat a cheeseburger for about two months because of you, goddammit. And I loved, bro, greasy smash burger with bacon, all the cheese or some pickles and a little bit of the sauce. And a tip for y'all, because I got put on, if you put a little bit of honey on it, it goes crazy. I didn't get to eat that for two whole months because of this dude. So after I get done, I love pizza, but pizza is not burger. Like, if you knock a man out in 37 seconds, you deserve a nice, thick-ass, greasy burger. You know what I'm saying? And everybody knew what I, I, all I told myself during the weight cut, because I've become a baby when I cut weight. Like, I think I might have cussed uh, DJ out during the last pound of my weight cut. And if I got to do that, yo, everybody gets a burger. So... I had to remind everybody, just in case I forgot, that first thing that we eat has got to be a greasy-ass burger. And it was his fault. Like, that's, it's not, like, don't sign the contract, and then you don't have to get burger punched. Cheeseburgers being taken away from you is motivation for you going into fights. I just think that is the greatest thing. How long yeah, after the man. fight did it take you to get a cheeseburger? The next day. There you go. <laughs> like, there you go. Like, I think I had wings fight night because... There was some spot, and, and the lady said that their wings was better than everything else. And I didn't want to have a burger that wasn't good. Like, I wanted a top-tier burger. So we waited the next day, and uh, we had – there's a spot here in Columbus called Hadley's on 4th Street, and they have a fire burger. And I guess that's what I did that. And then I had – I might have had Smash Burger the next day just because. But, yeah, and I, I need that, like – you sign the contract, and I don't get to eat what I want. Like I was two fifty before my uh, my last amateur fight. So like I'm like, if fighting didn't exist, I would probably be like three hundred pounds. So like I gotta treat myself and let the little fat kid know that I'm still in there and that that I'm taking care of him. That we're gonna be there someday, but it's not today. Yeah, man, everybody deserves to indulge, even the people that look like you and have the physique that you do as an MMA fighter. I got to ask, too, like, you mentioned the weight cuts are getting a bit harder. Do you think you'll be at welterweight forever? Yeah, so the weight cut isn't, I say hard. It doesn't get hard until the last pound. And I say hard because I am a baby. Like, I've seen hard weight cuts, and 
I wouldn't say mine is necessarily hard in any way, shape, or form. It's probably an hour of actual, like, this sucks. It's just, I don't want to, like, that hour isn't isn't fun to me, so I say it, it's rough. I don't ever want to bump up to 185. If anything, I would drop down to 155, but I'd have probably have to remove a leg, and I'd have to, like, change my whole lifestyle in order to do that. But... No, 170 is going to be it for for the foreseeable future unless something changes. Like, shit. Well, McGregor's fighting at 170. I was going to say if I got a red panty night or something. But if something comes along and so a lot of money's on the table, I'll try and figure out 55. 185, that's going to that's, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. I don't, I don't know. Those boys get big. Yeah, man, and you're one dangerous welterweight right now. I want to bring up Dylan Budko one more time because he had a six-second knockout in B2 fighting series that I think it's fair to say changed his life because quick knockouts can change the career trajectory in the lives of fighters, and I know you're no stranger to that. You just got this knockout a few weeks ago. How life-changing is a performance like that for you? So far, it's not really life-changing. So mentally going into every fight uh how i get i'm a uh i think i'm a different kind of dude um i know when josh Pereira was on he kind of spoke about like kind of a conversation that me and him had and of like nothing really changes per se of result aside so i got that from stipe stipe had come into the gym uh, i train up at strong style and one of the biggest things i used to get like really nervous and antsy before my fight and sometimes that would come out in, like, I would get too hyped before the fight, and then I'd have an adrenaline dump before I even got in the cage or anything like that. But one day, it was, like, just a matter-of-fact conversation. He was like, you know what? Nothing really changes. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, like, what is important in life to you? He was like, your wife, my wife, no matter what, she's going to love me no matter what. Again, like I said, she's not making me do this. This is something I decided to do. My kids, they could give, like, they like that I fight and they think it's cool, but they could really care less. As long as I come home and I'm playing and I don't have, like, my eye hanging out, everything's cool. My parents, my friends, my real friends that really care about me, they aren't fickle. They they love me regardless. Like, my friends, try, I have a core group of friends that they know who they are. They, they're going to ride with me no matter what, right? So the wins are going to be cool, but if you get too high on the wins – that's going to make the losses that much worse. So I try and literally, I try and stay as melancholy. I listen to R&B music before I go in there. I try and make it as nor like, this is just another day. I'm really doing what I practice with a lot of people watching is how I get, make it in my head. So with that, after the fact, yeah, I do the rah, rah hype and everything else because I love winning, but it's back. To, I had to go back to work on Monday, man. <laughs> like, so it's as, as life changing as like having to go into work and my friends at work are hyped up, hyped up about it. Now, if I keep stringing these together, there's going to be one where my life changes, but I don't really think my life is going to change until I can quit my job and I can provide for my family off of, off of the heads of these other 170s. So until then, all this stuff is just normal stuff to me, to, to be honest. And, that may not be as, as normal as getting into a cage with another man that wants to hurt you. But in order for me to kind of compartmentalize everything, it's a, it's a glorified sparring match with, with little gloves, to be honest. And hopefully I can keep that up until the big stage. And also along with that, AJ Dobson, like I'm so blessed to have that man as a friend of mine. 
Uh, I've gone to Abu Dhabi and uh, Houston and the Contender Series with him, and being able to be like a fly on the wall while he's going through that process has helped me kind of mitigate a lot of the nerves or getting too high and getting too low of seeing I've seen what the big show looks like. So everything kind of stays relative, if that's the right word. Um, it it kind of keeps everything kind of in check for me because I know what, what that looks like. It's not like I'm chasing something. Until I get there, nothing's a big deal to me. Yeah, man, it makes perfect sense. And while this fight might not be life-changing right now, it's still only a few weeks old, and maybe it will you know, result in something down the line. And I do yeah. think you're right there, and you've experienced it already cornering A.J. Dobson. Anything upcoming soon for A.J. Dobson on the fight end? I'm sure something's going to be coming up. He did have a uh, in, nah, I wouldn't, yeah, it's an injury. Uh, his shin, he had an infection in his shin that's mm-hmm. been taking some time to, to work on. He is back in the gym working on working on things, um, but we still have to be just careful with you know infections and stuff like that. It's kind of you can't really mess around with those. So uh, it should be something coming up here soon. Getting ready, he's getting ramped up and everything like that. So I'm sure he'll be ready to announce something here soon. Awesome. Well, that sounds good as well. And you said a name there that I always perk up to when I hear it. And it's Stipe. Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight goat. How many interactions have you had with him, and what's the heavyweight goat like? I've had a decent amount. So I've been going up to strong style for probably three, maybe probably like three or four years now. Uh, got a real good relationship with the coaches up there. They come and corner me. I consider all those guys up there brothers. Um, when Stipe's in the gym, he's he's literally just a nut. Like he's one of the most awesome guys. He's always he treats everybody the same. He's funny as hell. Um, always willing to give out tips and little feedback and everything right there. For as amazing and as great as he is as a fighter, I would say like the thing that's really awesome about him is that he's an even better person. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's a blessing to have been able to have made that connection. I made that connection with Strong Style through Westside. I've been part of Westside Barbell for years now, and uh, the owner Marcus Marinelli, Big M. He's a longtime Westside guy, so I'm blessed to be able to go up there and train with those guys. Stipe, Jessica, I, there's new guys coming in. I've I've seen about two, maybe, I think they're on like the third generation of fighters coming through there. When JT Miller was there, AJ had his like pro debut against him. Uh, I've seen uh, Chase Archangelo's guy coming up. He's going to be a killer. So many guys that I've, I've seen come in there the uh john gunthers so being able to see those and be be able to get full knowledge from those guys even though i live in another city it's a home away from home it's really my home to be honest with you it feels it feels like home between there and immortal those are the those are like the two top places that i would suggest for people to go to in order to get their work in it's awesome yeah, I mean, there's so many fighters that you just listed off that I want to get on Forge in Ohio because their futures are so bright. And a guy like Stipe, just a dream guy I would like to have on Forge in Ohio. Of course, he is likely to fight John Jones, potentially an international fight week. How do you how do you handicap that fight? I believe Stipe brings it home. Now, I'm one of those people I can't see. I don't want to say John Jones is going to lose until I see John Jones lose because I've never seen that, seen that happen. But also... He fought Gon, which I don't think Gon has the same skill set as Stipe. I feel like Stipe is going to bring a lot of stuff to the table that John's not going to be able to or hasn't really dealt with. I'm not sure if John's going to be have a speed advantage. And Stipe is a real heavyweight. When you're not faster, 
than than him, and he's a real heavyweight. And we all seen what happens when Stipe connects. So we'll see what happens. And the wrestling should be even. I'm excited to to see that happen, and I'm excited to see Stipe get the belt back and bring it back to Cleveland. Yeah, man, I can't wait for it either. It's the heavyweight GOAT versus the best to ever do it, really. So it's going to be very, very entertaining. Can't wait to see Stipe go out there. Just a couple more questions for you, Miles. Are there any talks of fighting for a promotion like an LFA or potentially getting the call to a major promotion like the UFC, PFL, or Bellator after this fight? We're going to see what's what's on the on the horizon. Possibly Fury. LFA would be awesome. Uh, I Definitely on, on my end, I want to take a step into one of the larger promotions. I've had three regional fights here. It's already kind of hard for me to get, get fights like to go through like plenty of people like say they want to fight but it actually come into fruition also i'd like to travel that's the one thing that's cool about all of this is you get to travel and and beat people up so i would love to either if lfa needs somebody call me up fury i know i have some friends and i know my management uh they have a lot of guys that fight on the fury card that would be awesome and we'll see what, what happens from there if if that turns in i get one more one or two more Big fights, we might be getting a, uh, <laughs> getting a call up to the UFC, get a contender series fight here soon. But we'll have to see. I just take one step at a time. So hopefully I get another name on a contract here soon. And then as long as I do what I do what I do when I get in there, they should be calling. Hopefully they start calling sooner than later, though. Right, and you said you wanted to return in just under two months in May, right? Yes, sir. May, I turned 29 in May. So if I could get a fight in, May 23rd is my birthday. So around there, get a little birthday scalp or something like that, or maybe June, just somewhere around that time. I don't want to take too much time time off. I have a vacation scheduled in September. So hopefully I can get get one in in May. And depending on how that goes and see what my uh, management has in store for me up then, maybe write a one more off uh, before the end of the summer. I'm trying to stay – this is one this year. If I could get two or three this year, actually, shit, three or four, to be honest with you, that would be awesome. I want to stay pretty active and uh, see if I'm active. That goes back to what we said at the beginning. Now, that's cage time. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be a couple sleepages, a couple knockouts, some some NyQuil handed out, and it might be pretty fast, but if I'm able to get in and get out, that's still cage time in itself right there. So, it all uh, depends on what happens, but I'm I'm ready for whatever. Man, and if you fight in May around your birthday, what's that post-fight cheeseburger going to taste like, man? Oh, around your birthday? Uh, ooh, I, I think I think if I all right. So if a knockout plus my birthday, so that's the other thing. Right. See, you just reminded me of this. The real big deal about me knocking dude out and wanting the cheeseburger, right, is I cut weight on my son's birthday. So weigh-ins were on Friday, St. Patrick's Day. My son turned three that day. Mm. I didn't get to hang. I was starving myself, and I didn't. he got to eat whatever he wanted on his birthday, and I didn't get to be there because daddy's getting ready to go beat up a man. And then on Saturday, I didn't get to spend no time with him on Saturday. So you know what? That's we got me and him ate burgers together. You know what I'm saying? So that was awesome. I get to celebrate with him with a, you know, bring a head home. Daddy knocked him out. You don't get to be, I would have been really sad if I went and got and lost on my son's birthday. I can't do that. But my birthday? Ooh, man. 
I feel like it. I feel like it tastes. It tastes a lot better. I don't know what the what the the measurement for taste buds are, but I think if you knock a man out and it's on your birthday, and you get a burger, I think the burger's taste level on the taste meter goes up about ten on whatever it was, wherever it started at. Yeah, man, that post-fight birthday cheeseburger is going to be special. One more thing for you. Last time we talked, your brand, Don't Melt, had a relaunch coming soon. Any update for us on Don't Melt? I got T-shirts. So we did we did a little mini launch of T-shirts, but friends and family bought those up, like, really fast. I was going to do a whole launch, but I had a whole bunch of people taking took those up before I could even do a post or anything. It was gone before they hit, hit the streets. But I got... Uh, New uh, launch T-shirts coming. I got hoodies. I got a whole the whole phase coming. So within the next month or two, probably by the time I fight next, we'll do a. Hopefully, I get a contract signed here shortly for May or June. And when I drop the contract and the fight date, the link for the website will be ready on that same time. Everybody, make sure you go to Miles K Robinson on Instagram and put your notifications on. So whenever I post, y'all get those and go check out at Don't Melt Co on Instagram as well. I'm about to scrub the page so I can get all my stuff up and running so I can put all my little pictures of everything and get it all looked at. But keep your eyes out. Two months, you'll be able to get your Don't Melt drip, have the nice popsicle on the back, look swagged out when you go to your athletic events or if you want to look good for your girl or if you want to just look good because you want to feel good. You feel me? Yeah, man, I'm going to have to take advantage of that link, too. I need to get one of those Don't Melt shirts for sure. Uh, Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, sponsorships, anything you want to plug here on the podcast? Um, I want to shout out um, my best friend's company, iMoss. That's the only supplement I mess with. Um, It's CMOS, imported straight from Jamaica. If you check out my post, we're always powered by iMoss, empowered by iMoss. If you want a shreddy belly like Miles, you want to go in there and you don't want to melt, get you a Don't Melt t-shirt. Then when you have your Don't Melt t-shirt, go ahead, open the fridge, and get you a little tablespoon of iMosh, take it to the head, and you're going to feel like a million bucks. Um, I want to shout out DB Train, uh, DJ Air Russo. Um, they've taken my wrestling to another level. I'm really appreciative of everything that they do. If you have any kids that need to uh, join a wrestling program, build their confidence, learn the basics of wrestling, um, become better men, hit me up or get with DB Trained on Instagram or Josh Russo. Check them out. Sundays they have uh, practice at uh, 1145 at Immortal. We also do uh, wrestling practices in the morning, so if any MMA fighters want to come check out or want to come try it out, reach out to DB on, on his Instagram and see about it. Uh, you can always come in and we can do a trial and see whether you fit fit the mold of what we're trying to build. Immortal Diet Optimization. Eddie Robnack is a genius. If you go back to my uh, Instagram, back to 2021, I went from 250 pounds in December. I scheduled a fight and signed a contract before I lost any weight for March 18th. I went from 250 pounds to 185 pounds. And it took a lot of hard work, but it took a little bit of this man believing that I could do it and him giving me the tools to do it. Uh, Eddie Robnack's the man. If you want to get the weight off of you and you want to uh, make sure that you're prepared for your fight in the best way that you can be nutrition-wise, get with him. Immortal Martial Arts and Strong Style MMA, best gyms in Ohio, bar none. Um, and I also want to shout out, I do have some brothers that train at Ronin. Um, I did a couple practices at Ronin. That facility is amazing. I have to thank them for all the help that they did. Outside of that, 
Turp House Farms. Shout out to them. They sponsored me for uh, my last camp and this camp. Uh, Hammer House for Life, Mark Coleman. Go get your Hammer House hats. Want to give a big shout out to Robert Porter with Next Level Transport. He took me and my team down there. Uh, we showed up in style. He has an executive event uh, transport company. If you need freight mood, if you need uh, just need to show up in style, very professional. Showed up in style, like I said, uh, pulled up in the bins to weigh-ins, rolled out in the bins. Great, great guy, professional service. Also want to shout out to Enijah, a.k.a. Ozzy, with Click Photography. He documented the whole weekend for us. Great time, great pictures. Had photos edited like 10 seconds after the fight was over. BD service. I uh, want to give big shout out to those guys, again, for all their help with uh, helping me prepare and get down there. And last but not least, any women that are listening to this and you want to get your hair done and you're the Central Ohio area, go check out Hair at 2G on Instagram, Second Glance Hair and Nail Salon. That is my mom's salon. It is located in Bexley, Ohio, right off of Main Street, across from Johnson's Ice Cream. If you need to get your hair done, your nails did, and get a massage, holler at her. She'll take care of you and tell them that Miles sent you. Hey, there you have it. Thanks again, Miles, for joining me on the show. I really appreciate that we have done this twice now. Every single fighter has followed in your footsteps with the OHIO chant that I do at the end of interviews. So you already know what to do and what to expect. OHIO, man. I love it, man. Thank you for the time, Miles. That was an epic performance on March 18th. Enjoy the win. I'm excited to see what's next for you, and hopefully we'll catch up soon, whether it be this way or being able to talk again in person at Immortal or another DB Trained event. Yes, sir. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me. That was Miles Hershey Robinson. I thought it was only right to have Miles back on the podcast. He was the first ever guest on Forge in Ohio. And with a 37 second knockout, it was a no brainer for me to get him back on the podcast. He's such a great guy and he truly deserves all the success that is going to come his way in his MMA career. I do plan on having repeat guests on the podcast as I want to cover these athletes and their careers while also bringing you the best new names in combat sports from the state of Ohio. Check out the podcast on Instagram at Forge in Ohio. Also make sure to download episodes when listening to them. That helps me out more than you know, along with sharing episodes with people you know as well. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 23. I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.